Welcome to Bold Talk Radio. I'm your host, Pat Williams. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Uh, For all of you guys getting ready for Christmas, we're so happy that you're taking out time probably from shopping shopping and doing all your running around. And today is, is game day for those of us who are into the NFL. But what we have most important going on today is that finally we have author Robert A. St. Thomas joining us today. And we're happy to have him here. And we are here. He's here to discuss his book, The Riddle of Oz. So with that being said and done, Robert, I would love for you to say good morning to our audience. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Great. Now, Robert, listen, as I just mentioned, you know, there's a big day for you and I. Not only are we talking about your book, which is out now, The Riddle of Oz, but uh, today is game day. So you and I, we're going to be battling it out. My Chicago Bears are going up against your San Francisco 49ers. So I don't know if we're going to be in, in, in good fellowship after today, but we'll see. Well, I, you know, you, you guys are in pretty good shape. You won your division. Uh, you may be embarrassed at the end of the day. 49ers may pull an upset. I'm hoping, I'm hoping and pray your Bears delved into our little quarterback, Nick Mullins, the way that Bears did Leo DiCaprio in the rest of the well, look, Robert, look, we'll have to see. We'll see if we'll see if we have, uh, as they say, you know, we're in good standing, you know, at the end of the game. But listen, I wish you all the best with San Francisco. But I, I mean, hey, for all my Chicago fans, it's bear down over here. So anyway, Robert, let, let's get into it because I know that your time is limited and so is ours. And again, we appreciate you taking out time on this Sunday morning to talk with us about your book, uh, The Riddle of Oz. So I got a chance to uh, go over the book information that you sent me. It's very fascinating. And so let's just, let's just delve right into it. Robert, I need to know, and I'm sure my audience would want to know why this book, why did you write the riddle of Oz? Yeah. Um, you know, if they could, everybody has a story to share. Uh, the riddle of Oz is my story. I'm a peace loving American guy using this opportunity to share my perspective. I love America. Um, there were things that had been on my heart for a number of years. Now, older, with things going around, I really want to give some insight on what's going on in America. But basically, breaks down to this, you know, to understand the present, we often must look at the past for answers. Mm-hmm. Who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present also controls the past. So the answer to our problems that we see in America, our division, our hatred for our president, these things might be found in the past. So basically what I did is I had a story on my heart, sat down to write it, and I want to explain our current ball of confusion that we see in America in 2018. Mm-hmm. That's probably, like I said, everybody has a story to tell, and I want to tell my story. Well, now, Robert, here's what's so fascinating to me about you. You you are actually uh, in the medical field. So uh, you would think, you know, anyone would think that your book would probably be on, hey, how to lower your blood pressure and how to get your, you know, your cholesterol levels intact. But it looks as if you took 
uh, a, a completely different turn. Uh, the book is very, it's very well written. I have to say that, uh, but it, it definitely delves into very controversial territory. So what makes you know, apart from what you mentioned, you know, the fireside chats with, you know, growing up and, and coming from a personal experience, what would make someone who's in the medical field uh, decide to address very polarizing um, issues such as race, religion, politics? What made you decide to get into that? Because that's that's touchy, touchy ground there. Yeah, um, it's true. I'm a medical doctor. I'm board certified in anesthesiology. Been practicing for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. But like Laverne Baker, who sang her hit song "Save," I'm in the soul-saving business. Mm. I'm not. A, I'm not a pastor or a preacher by any means. I'm a sinner, and I know my place in the pew. <laughs> but I'm also an American, and I, you know, I just I want to get some clarity or some insight on the things that I feel have been dividing, dividing our nation. Um, and so what, what I've done is reach back to the past and I remember the stories that my dad would tell us at the dining room table. And I actually allowed him to be the voice in my book talking to my brother and I so that we basically could each tell us what's going on in the world. So I'm the man that basically would like peace. I mean, that's what doctors want. Basically, in the human body, anyway, when they come to us for the ailments, we want to basically be problem solvers mm-hmm. to get folks to go about living their lives as normal as they can. And so I'm about trying to give insight on the issues that are disturbing the peace of others. And if you come to an understanding about this, I think, I think the average individual would find, would find peace. Absolutely. What's the mantra in the medical field? Do no harm. I believe that's the mantra. Do no harm. That's correct. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, Robert, here's something that I was also uh, that kind of, you know, caught my attention about your book. Something just kept ringing off in my head. And I'm curious, would you have written this book if Donald Trump wasn't in office because before you answer, let me just throw this on the table to you as well. You know, a lot of people have referred to our current president as divider in chief. Okay. So I I hear you talking very strongly about, you know, what is considered American values, unity. Would this book have come forward? Let's say if we were under another administration other than the Trump administration. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Trump administration is sort of the, um, you know, has sort of lit the pilot light, so to speak, and put more put more logs on the fire. Uh, it is it because of previous administrations that I had this desire to put this message out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would have been it would have been. I, I, in fact, it was like said, the story has been on my heart for forty years. But uh, it is that. This administration prior to something really, really had a, um, you know, had this desire to get this book out or my message out to, you know, whoever wants to hear the general public. Yes, it would have, it would have been written. Right Got it. Okay, so Robert, let's get on down to, as he said, let's get down to the white meat, right? Let's get down to to the to the gristle of the bone. You know, one of the things that you deal with it starting out in the book, you talk very much so in depth about socialism. Uh, 
And if you can, for our audience, well, well, first of all, let me ask you this. Why did you feel being a black African-American male? I I really don't like the term African-American male, but I'll say just being a black, you know, writer. What made you decide to delve into that pot? What made you decide to, you know, wade in those waters of socialism? You don't typically find black authors addressing that, but you get into that pretty heavy. Why socialism? Why did you decide to tackle that issue? Yes. Um, I was raised Roman Catholic and um, I believe in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and socialism was for this way. Or a name I couldn't figure out is why hasn't communism gone away? Uh, you know, the, the, the next logical step of socialism is communism. So they're pretty much hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But I'm always wondered why why did these things why did this thing go away uh, in any university they tell you the system that it's failed I think in this in the world right now you might have five or six communist nations um, you know um, still going uh, it has this idealistic philosophy but why 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 is it failed why is it failed mm-hmm. so I want to take a um, approach to the dissect um, socialism, communism, and more or less tell people why it's not for them. Why, mm-hmm. though it appeals, though it has this appeal, you know, the appeal of equality, fairness, um, it, it, it really doesn't come through the way that um, uh, it, 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 it's, it's presented. It's presented. So, anyway, so I want to look at, you're right, as a black American, uh, socialism has this appeal to black Americans mm-hmm. and I think the, the hook on it is this idea of equality across the board that um, you know under the system you know I, I won't be degraded or belittled um, uh, I'll be treated fairly that type of thing so, so, so it appears to be a system that um, uh, again treat black Americans fairly, but as I see it, it's a system that basically uh, is a tractor away from the truth there to, I find, uh, it doesn't have any individual best interest at heart, I feel, it doesn't have any individual best interest at heart, um, um, but... Uh, Okay. Well, Robert. Well, let me let me let me just jump in and say this now. Now, you 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 let me. That's a lot to unpack there because hearing what you just laid out before me, and you said that socialism, you know, in its overall scope, right? Its overall image imagery, right? That it appeals to equality and egalitarianism and you know fairness, right? And and justice. And just based on what you were saying there, and also from what the book lays out. This has an attractiveness, uh, in particularly, not just, I would argue, not just the black community, but certainly the black community. But you, I noticed that you kind of give a caveat that it appears to. So what is, it, it sounds as if that you're alluding to something that there's a little bit more uh, insidious or nefarious about socialism. Can you speak to that? What, what would that be, if, if I'm assuming correctly? Well, for me... For me, the insidious part of socialism, again, as I've studied the next logical 
progression is a type of godly, you know, a, a godless type of society. Mm. Uh, I was raised Roman Catholic, and as a Christian, the the philosophy behind Christianity, I think, is the the most sound philosophy that anybody could, you know, follow and be happy with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, I see socialism as a vehicle to appease one part of, say, the human psyche, but sacrifice another part of the human psyche. Mm. Um, uh, my book is built on, or I try to explain these things with Freudian psychology. Mm-hmm. Basic psychology using it, ego, and superego as the model uh, that are in human beings. Uh, I see. If, if you've had uh, basic college psychology, you know that the id is like the center of a, your, your, your pleasure center. Mm-hmm. Your, your ego is this system that basically modulates the id. In other words, it looks out for the id. There's no morality in the ego, no morality in the id, but what it looks out for it. It's more like a survival, survival enabler, you might say. And then you have this thing called the superego, which is basically trying to control the impulsive impulses from the from the id. Okay, but but it, it, it's tied up with like the spirituality, uh, your conscience, or, or leading to your ideal self. Um, socialism is is again to me this step that's leading you into a situation where. You, you, you're going to try to satisfy more carnal or id type of behavior as opposed to pursuing a more higher, higher pursuit. Mm-hmm. The higher pursuit because, you know, things like uh, courage, virtue, uh, passing down traditions. I, I just, I, uh, that's the issue I have uh, with socialism. Where on one hand, again, we're trying to, to satisfy these core basic um <laughs> How can you say these 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 wants as opposed to these needs? Um, I see that that's why I have the issue, and I, I see I, right, I see a more sinister um, uh, manipulation down the road with um, with socialism. Again, this thing leading into like a sort of a communist platform. So I feel that uh, man man is built for higher pursuits, much more than just. You know, the, the vegetative functions of uh, eating, sleeping, mm-hmm. defecating, fornicating, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> Got it. Well, Robert, let me ask you this, because now, and I, I'm going to just get right down ugly with it. I've actually have, you know, done research and actually, you know, listened to, there's many writers, there's, you know, many, you know, different thoughts out there. And one thought that I've I've come across, one school of thought, I should say, it's been, I've actually heard professors, uh, sometimes people who are very high positions to say, well, you know what, so what? If socialism leads to communism, so what? That can't be all bad. I mean, capitalism is imperfect, you know? And so what a lot of times they'll do, they'll draw on uh, capitalism, say, well, show us what's so perfect and great about capitalism. Why the heck not? Let's shoot for socialism. What would you say to that person who is challenging the the capitalist society that we currently live in? Well, 
capitalism is uh, just another, is just the flip side of the coin of socialism because it does the oh. same thing. It's there to appease the id in an individual. Mm. One of the problems with capitalism is phenomena of greed, uh, where, you know, in capitalism basically capitalizes off of someone else mm-hmm. so that somebody basically is, he, he satisfies his, his, his lust for greed. So most of the conflicts we see, uh, you know, in terms of greed is a result of, of people misunderstanding what, what capitalism uh, really is. But it's just another form of appeasing the id and forsaking, say, the superego. Instance, you know, it, it's morally wrong mm-hmm. to have somebody work for you and you have the mindset that I'm going to work the hell out of this guy and feed him the very little. So that's sort of a capitalistic mindset, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so either one, whether it's socialism or capitalism, they're really not two philosophies that I would promote. Jesus wouldn't promote either one of them. <laughs> Jesus well, now, many now, Robert. Let me jump in there. Now, a lot of people would say, and because I mean, you're, you're actually shocking me. I actually thought you would be more pro-capitalism than you are. But here's here's what you brought up, Jesus. You know, this is the as they say, he's the the reason for the season, right? So let's get into to talking about Jesus. I mean, you're right. I don't think he would like capitalism per se or socialism per se. I think both sides have their good and their bad points. Uh, just on a personal level. But then others would argue, well, Jesus would probably bring a theocracy. And sometimes people find a problem with that. They point to uh, governments that have a more theocratic uh, structure. I mean, if you look at some of the countries over in the Middle East, uh, some of the countries in Africa, uh, where religion uh, is the order of the day in, in orchestrating the governmental affairs. And so some people would pinpoint that as being uh, a theocracy being somewhat imperfect. So what would you suggest would be the perfect, idealistic governmental structure? <laughs> Probably going to lose your audience on my answer. <laughs> I told you I was going to get dirty with you, Robert. I have to, just in case if my bears don't beat your team today. So anyway, I, <laughs> I've got to bring it. So you're going to use this answer I'm going to give against me, right? Okay, I hear you. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jesus would probably the, the the system in place right now would probably be something like fascism. He would probably be he would probably support fascism. Mm. I know, yeah, most people probably you know won't agree with that because they associate fascism with Mussolini, dictator, World War II, that type. Lenin, yes, Leningrad, and all that stuff. Yeah, you just made me raise my eyebrows on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah probably be a fascist and here's the reason why um you know to get back to heaven to get back to heaven it's god's good grace you have to be like-minded in other words uh you know it's kind of the, the thing that god wants out of people who believe in you know to reconcile with god we had to believe in jesus mm-hmm. you have to do things like repent turn away from your sins you know forgive people so on and so forth but we have to be like-minded on that now fascism uh, is basically a system where it's more of a super ego based system. Okay, it's more of this where as I said before socialism and communism are basically appeal to the id more. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, this one's appearing appealing to more of your higher orders. In other words, mm-hmm. these are the things 
that uh, first it's like it meant uh, fascism uh, is looking out for the, the benefit of the whole without having to be forced into doing it. See, most of these systems, um, like say socialism, that's a, kind of like a Robin Hood type system, you know, rob mm-hmm. the rich kids. Rob stuff. Peter and, and give it to um, Paul. Yeah. Right, exactly. The communism is going to take it from you no matter what and just give it out. And, and, and human beings don't really like being forced into anything. Okay? Mm-hmm. You, you, they, they simply don't. In the fascist system, the object is is that if people were like-minded on the same page, they would know what to do for the whole. In other words, the self-sacrifice is, is what's best for the whole but on the same page. And the only way you can do that is you have the same sort of uh, uh, collective consciousness, so to speak, mm-hmm. the same I think you're going to pass traditions, values, um, that type of thing. You're not going to take from somebody to get from another. In other words, it would be, you, you would just know this would be the right thing to do. Okay, we need, uh, like you need a road to be built in the fascist mentality would be, okay, well, I will donate my, uh, part of my salary towards building this road because this is the right thing to do, okay? In other words, you don't have to have enforced compliance in order for people to do uh, uh, what's best for the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, like, um, I came across an article not that long ago about, um, uh, you know, charity. And one of the most charitable states in the Union is Mississippi. And Mississippi is one of the poorest states in the Union. So you would think conventional human reasoning that if you had less of something you'd hold on to something you wouldn't you wouldn't give you wouldn't give because you you, you, you just don't have mm-hmm. but in, in, but but uh, but gravity is very high in a state in a poor state like Mississippi telling me that there's something about the hearts of those people that they're willing to 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 impart with something that's very important which is money but they but they do it um uh, you know, like uh, the graduate. So uh, again, if the system that Jesus would uh, identify with most would not be capitalism, would be social, definitely wouldn't be communism because he's being eliminated. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would be it would be fascism because the people understand. Let's do what's best for the whole. And force would not be involved in it. Now, of course, it's been kind of perverted. Again, when you think of Mussolini, you think. Of- <laughs> You'd have to think of Hitler, too. You'd have to think of some really rough, rough fellas. As, as Trump said, you have to think of some really bad hombres. I mean, you'd have to think of Mussolini, Lenin. I mean, Hitler, those guys were some really nasty boys there. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. on the surface, they appear to be. On the surface, again, I'd be happy to explain that. Oh, well, we will. Robert, we will. And and let me jump in and say this, Robert, because here's the thing. I know we've got about seven more minutes, but I want to just let the audience know. I know you guys are probably enjoying Robert. I know that I am. And Robert will be with us for four more sessions. Actually, this is a five part series. So today is sort of the introduction. So we've got Robert uh, coming in for a few more times. So Robert, just want to let the audience know uh, that, you know, because the book is so expansive, it, it's so detailed, and it really doesn't do it justice just to have you here uh, for a 30 minute, you know, discussion. So, Robert, I just want to let the audience know you will be back. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so getting back to the fascism thing, and we can make probably move on to the question. Remember, the, the, the concept about fascism is actually unity, 
unity amongst the people, have common goals. With common goals, the 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 the, the civilization or the culture moves forward. That 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 that's what's behind it. It's not there to say oppress other people, uh, to belittle other people, to demean. It's not there. It's there to do what's best for the whole, so that the the the, the whole uh, let's say pyramid moves forward. The mm-hmm. whole pyramid moves forward. You know, in any pyramid, you have a hierarchy of uh, a division of labor. That's not stuff. You're gonna have your smart people. You're gonna have your your you know intelligent people. You're gonna have your not so smart people. But the object is everybody has value. Everybody has value, and, and and that system, everybody is um, is respected. So again, I'm just saying. So now Jesus wouldn't have anything to do. Plus, the other thing about you mentioned theocracy. Mm-hmm. Remember, our country, our country is based on Christian values, but it is not a theocracy. It's not a theocracy. Okay, it's based on, if anything, the wisdom of the Bible. And like anything that God would ask you to do, He's not asking, He's not forcing anything on you. But he's laid out his principles, and the object is the intelligent or the wise person understands these principles, and you would you would come to the conclusion that hey, wait, these principles are the best thing not only for me, but be the best thing for the whole. Okay, but he's not forcing anything on you. These are a set of principles that you would sit back and say, hey, yeah, you're right, you're right. So don't steal from my neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 lay with my wife. Somebody's wife. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they things. These are basic things that will bring peace to the individual mm-hmm. and peace to the society. For the greater good. But- but, but Robert, let me jump in here and ask you this, but now hearing you lay out the groundwork and, and just giving us the definition overall, the purest definition of fascism, but wouldn't you agree that then in, in terms of, and of course we're not talking about Jesus, we know that he is good and, and pure, but I, I'm saying, but, but in terms of more of the carnal side of things, uh, dealing with human beings, doesn't fascism then, if giving the definition you gave, wouldn't that then depend so heavily upon the person heading that up as being Christ-like? Where, I mean, for instance, if you get Jesus, okay, great, fascism is going to work out awesome for you. But if you get a person like Hitler, mm, maybe not so much. So isn't that the flaw in fascism? That it's so so heavily dependent on who's heading that, that party up? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a, that's a very, very good question. I'll answer it this way. I think, for instance, uh, you, you have representatives, okay? We know we need representatives to govern people. Um, okay, you know, the presidents, our senators, things like that. We, we have like a chance to we have people representing folks, okay? The object here is not to worship a man in fascism. I think that's my question. See, the object is you with Christian principles or even with fascism. Fascism does not tell you to eliminate God at all. Basically, it tells you to follow and revere the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. You don't. The, the, the person you're supposed to follow is not another human being. The person you're supposed to follow, obviously, is Jesus. Okay, so you don't give reverence. Right, but Robert, now think about it, though. We're putting it in real, real human government terms. And the reason why I wanted to jump in and just kind of throw this out there, I, I agree with that. But that would then mean that everyone would have to be a Christian. Everyone would have to and then everyone would have to agree on 
you know, what what okay. form of Christianity? Because you have a Baptist, you have a Catholic, you have a Methodist. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And the, yeah, the, the, in our country, our Catholic Church, our right and the way we want to behave with other individuals, you know, our, our, how we conduct ourselves, just come from God, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're absolutely right that it's a big issue uh, when the country was finally coming together, where you, right, where you had your, your Catholics, your Anglicans, your Quakers, your, you know, uh, everybody, you had Protestants against Catholics. So what would it take in order for, for, for people to, to come together to buy into this sort of fascist type of understanding? Well, they came with a compromise. They came with a compromise, and we see that compromise in our First Amendment, where the, the Christians agreed to disagree about religion or your different sects of Christianity, but everybody would follow the wisdom of God in order to get things done. That was the thing about it. So what I'm saying is that you're right. Everybody has to be Christian. In order for okay. it to work. But if you got a Muslim, if you got an atheist, if you got a Buddhist, then what do you do? Uh, well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And this is why I just believe that when the country was established, that the they, 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 they said this in their compromise. Person can believe anything they want in this country, so long as it's Christian. Well, now I don't know if the Constitution really says that, but we'll we'll, we'll have to argue that on, on on our next part of the series. But go ahead. Yeah, you can be anything you want, so long as it's Christian, because you see that goes again with the like-mindedness. Okay, the the, the the ultimate goal of a Christian is to get back to heaven. Okay, that's the goal. Gosh, Robert, listen, my goodness, I'm actually getting flagged that we've got less than a minute. Robert, listen, this is so fascinating. I can go on and on with you, so I hate to interrupt, but this is going to be the perfect cliffhanger. Uh, My dad told me when he was a kid, that's what they used to do back in the days. You'd go to the theater and they'd leave you on a cliffhanger. So let's leave our audience on a cliffhanger. We're going to pick this back up on our next part of the series. And Robert, listen, on the next part, let's get more into really uh, the the true essence of the book. You deal with religion, which we kind of covered a great deal of that now, but in terms of the governmental sense, uh, and we're going to deal with race and we're going to deal with other parts of the book. But let me just ask you this, and then they're, they're wrapping me up here. Is this book a Christian book? Do you have to be a Christian in order to read this book, appreciate this book, The Riddle of Oz? It's Christian themed. It's not a religious book. It's uh-huh. not a religious book because, again, as I wrote it, I covered history, psychology, uh, you know, family matters. Uh, no, it, it, it's not a religious book, so it shouldn't turn people off because I mentioned Christian. But the object is that you see the logic, the logic of Christianity throughout uh, the segments that we covered or the chapters that we covered. It's not. It's not a what I would call a religious I mean, I don't come at you with chapter and verse, but um, it, it uh, you'll, you'll see how the, the logic just just plays itself out where you, you they, the, a thinking person just would not turn to any other faith, but, 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 but Christian, the principles are just too logical. 
principles are just too logical. I hear you. Well, Robert, listen, thank you so very much. That's going to do it for us for today. Like I said, thank you so much for taking out time. We know that you'll be back with us again to discuss your book, The Riddle of Oz, which, uh, Robert, if you can, let them know how they can get a hold of your book. Yes, Pat. Uh, right now you can look it up on Barnes & Noble, Amazon uh, website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be out in bookstores probably next week, but it's up for sale right now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble um, website. So it should be out in hardback in 2019, early 2019? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Okay, Robert. Well, thank you so much. Let me sign off with my audience. Thank you all so very much for listening to Bold Talk Radio. And I'm your host, Pat Williams. And until next time, we'll see you. Thank you. All right. Wonderful. Great. Robert, I, I mean, listen, I don't know. How did you feel after that? I, I could keep, I need an hour. I need an hour to do that with you. Man, that was good. Well, I right. And, and, and Robert, listen, that was so fascinating to me because <clears throat> what I plan to do for our next part series and Robert, this one I want to ask you, when did you want to do the second recording uh, because I know we're all going into the holidays you know tomorrow's Christmas Eve uh, but I've got some time I'd like for us to kind of you know while we're both kind of vibing off of it we can start knocking them out And, and I love kind of the interplay between us. Uh, you're, you give a great interview, Robert. That was really fantastic. And as you can see, I was throwing you some curveballs there. Uh, and as you can tell, like the questions kind of just kind of orchestrate and kind of give a skeletal guide. But as we got into it, it made me think of more things and it made you think of more things. But for the next session, and I'll see what my uh, schedule looks like this evening because I may, uh, we may try to get at least part two done later this evening what I really want to get into and just to give you a heads up and I'll give you another set of questions uh, that you can refer to is that I want to get into how you kind of break things down uh, by the seven deadly sins you got one that's gluttony and greed and sloth and envy and I I like that approach I thought that was very cool uh, how you kind of did did it in that way so I think I want to approach it from there and then I want to approach it more from a racial side I really want Uh, those who are black in our audience to understand why this is an important book for them also, uh, you know, to get their hands on and what they can get out of it. So we'll deal more with the uh, the seven deadly sins and why you broke it down in this type of way, uh, which I thought was very, I I thought it was just very cool and really just very smart. I just thought it was just very smart to do it that way. Um, And then we'll get more into the, you know, why, because I'm going to put the question to you, Robert, is if I'm black, why would I want to read your book? And I want you to just hit it dead on with that. Gotcha. So I'll get your set of questions to you because I'd like, you know, for us, before each session, we both kind of have a general yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but you're just, you know what you're doing. Well, I try. <laughs> I try. But listen, I, I appreciate it. My throat was actually hurting me the other day a little bit. So it's finally back to normal. So I'm... If you heard me smacking a little bit, I've kind of got a little minty thing in, in my, my uh, cheek to kind of help me keep my vocals kind of, you know, moist and kind of 
you know, nice and vibrant. So I appreciate it, Robert. I really enjoyed it. I really want people to get your book. I myself want to get your book and I'm going to get the book. And so I, I appreciate you taking out time. It's really been a blessing. Okay. All right. Now, Robert, what I'm going to do is, I, yeah. Okay, great. Now, what I'm going to do, Robert, be on the lookout on Facebook because what I've got to do is I've got to go in. I got to, you know, lay some of the editing down and lay in some of the music and things like that. So I'll do that within the next few minutes, and then it should be ready to go in about another 30 minutes to an hour. I'll post it uh, on Facebook and also send it to you directly and post it on the Bull Talk site as well as my personal site on Facebook and it'll be out there and you can send it out to family and friends and and hopefully they'll enjoy hearing you uh kind of lay out your book thank you you're welcome Robert hey listen go bears (laughs) hey we'll see now we'll see we pushed our division but we still want we want to draw blood Right. So you guys may want to still play a little bit of some spoiler because at this point now, now the Bears are playing for their pride. They're playing for, hey, we want to end that off on a very great, you know, season in terms of, I think we only got four losses. So we don't want to get any more losses. We really want to end it off on a real bang. So. That's right. We got to stay healthy. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, Robert, listen, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. God bless. And I'll give I'll check in with you uh, maybe, let's say, about 7-ish your time. That'll be about 9 o'clock here. And if, and if we've got it up to snuff, we can go ahead and get into it. And I'll send you the set of questions in the next couple of hours. Okay. I want you to bring that. I want you to bring that very specifically because that's what I want. I mean, I want you to tell me. And if you noticed on this first set of questions, I actually asked you that. I think it was the fifth question. Let me look at my notes here. It says, who is your audience for this book? Yeah. And you know that's going to get controversial there because you know I'm going to say, well, now, wait, black women can't read it. And of course, we'll have that interplay in that way. But just to give you the heads up, we'll take it from there. All right, Robert, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.